Hey, lovely listeners. Yes, I'm back. Did you miss me? Well, I definitely missed all of you. Now, before we dive into these next episodes, I wanted to give you a heads up that this new case may well be triggering as we discuss a very prolific serial sexual offender and paedophile and sexual abuse. Now, we do name Jimmy Savile across these episodes, which is a break from the norm. And we name him because he's dead and he can't gain any more power in his notoriety. Also, we know that there will most likely be many more victims than what is known about, and we're in awe of all of those who came forward. It takes real bravery and courage and mental fortitude, but I also know that there will be others who felt that they couldn't. Victims do what they need to do in order to survive, and we at RCP support and honour you in that journey. Okay, with that having been said, let's dive in. Listener discretion is advised. Jimmy Savile was part of the hospital. It kind of became my job to go and collect the plates. I'd have to reach past him and then I'd have to turn around and wait for the right time in the mass to go out with my plate to pass that around the congregation. At the beginning, it was all very much, you know, he'd put his arms around my waist or he'd stroke my back. And as the weeks progressed, you know, he would then put, it would go from touching me like that and then it would be putting his hands um, down my trousers. It got to the stage where, of course, obviously he'd be in my knickers and he'd be putting his fingers inside of me and he would um, put his arm around me and put his whole hand, he would put inside of my mouth, which um, I couldn't breathe, you know, I couldn't breathe, but I found Tampaxes in the bathroom and probably for about half an hour before church and I can remember rowing, my mum would be shouting, hurry up and hurry up, get out of the bathroom, but I can remember putting tampaxes into my bottom. And that was so painful to have to do that. But I used to try and think of all different ways just to fill myself up so he couldn't put his hands in me. When he used to put all his hands in my mouth, I think in a weird way, that was the one that, I don't know, probably doesn't sound right saying it, but that felt worse sometimes than if he had his fingers inside of me while I was waiting. That totally made me feel um, as if I wasn't even a person. wonder where all your money went, like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation. I can remember looking at the back of people's heads, like a little sea of people's heads, and thinking, why can't you see me? As if everybody's heads were turned against me. And I think one way it confirmed to me that I wasn't to be seen. I wasn't anything. I felt nothing but pain, and nobody saw that. Hey everyone and welcome to Real Crime Profile. I'm Laura Richards, criminal behavioural analyst, former New Scotland Yard and founder of the charity Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service. And with me today is... Hi, I'm Jim Clementi, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor, writer, producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. Welcome back, Laura. Welcome back. Good to be back. <laughs> Hi, I am Lisa Zambetti. And I am the once and future casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds, where <laughs> I spend many hours gazing into the eyes of actors trying to discern if they can play psychopaths. But now on this podcast, I get to ask questions of professionals who really have gazed into the eyes of psychopaths. And speaking of psychopaths, we have a new case today that Laura's going to take us into. But I did want to shout out to our listeners, Maya and Abigail and Carol, who suggested that we uh, cover this uh, case, which is a new Netflix documentary. Um, but I'm sure Laura has been, this has been on her radar for many, many years, and especially since it was such a huge case in the UK. Laura, you want to kick us off? I've wanted to talk about this individual for a long time. And I think I probably echo many, many people who've wanted to talk about Jimmy Savile for a long time. And Netflix have brought out a new two-part docu-series called Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story. And most people in the UK will probably be very familiar with this case, actually. But I'm curious, before we actually go into it, I'm just curious about what you both knew before the Netflix show, because I know I've referenced him once before, and I can't remember which episode we were talking about, but I'm just curious. Remind me, what, if anything, did you know about Jimmy Savile 
Well, I was aware of the case when it started breaking. I think that's like the 20 teens or something around that time. And I did see a, I think a, a documentary or a short documentary about him. And certainly it didn't go into anywhere near the detail. And I think it was more of there's investigations that are starting and that kind of thing, but it looks like he's probably done a lot of really bad stuff. And obviously the one thing, this is way out of order, but the one thing that I do remember from that documentary was the image of this poor teenage girl who happened to be sitting next to him as he's totally surrounded by other children on his show. And she literally leaps out of her seat and tries to get away from him. And he's keeping pinching her, grabbing her, fondling her, whatever, sexually assaulting her while he's on camera. And he unflinchingly keeps up the dialogue on camera. And you talk, Lisa, at the beginning about psychopathy. That was a, a very, very good indication of what. Jimmy Savile is, is that behavior, that incredibly risky, incredibly arrogant, incredibly persistent, and incredibly detached behavior that this poor girl, the first time she gets to sit next to this incredible superstar, she's on TV probably for the first time in her life, and all of a sudden this happens to her. I don't know what he was doing. Well, I think we're seeing you. an assault, actually, Jim. Yeah, and I, I think, think your we are. choice of words was right, actually. I think it's an assault. And yes, it jumped out immediately just the way she reacted and how he reacted. And we're going to talk about his characteristics yes. and what you see. Um, that's a good nudge into what we are going to deconstruct. What about you, Lisa? What did you know? You know, it's kind of shocking because I'm such an anglephile, but I had never seen this person ever. And you had mentioned him a couple of times and it just kind of, we weren't focusing on it. So I didn't, I didn't clock it, but even though I had never seen him until this documentary, he seemed so familiar because he's part Elton John, part Benny Hill, part Willy Wonka. I mean, he plays into so many things that pinged with me and that can't be an accident. No. Right? No. I like the way you said plays because I feel that he was playing all of those things. And I my the first word I wrote down about him is playing the clown. I think we all saw that. This is an act he puts on. And what I think it does, it makes it look like yeah, he's unusual. Yeah, he's always dressed inappropriately in in running suits and stuff but it makes people think he's not a threat. It makes people think, oh, this guy's just a clown. This guy's just a zany guy. Zany guy. Eccentric. Yeah, he's going to say crazy things and all that stuff. But and- you know what, Jim? I grew up with him on, on camera. I mean, I grew up with him watching Jim Will Fix It, Top of the Pops, which is the program you were describing. And for me, he was never those things. He was just creepy. Mm. I just couldn't understand what the attraction was to him. He just seemed very creepy. But before we get into that, I want to ask you both another question just about what you knew. What did you know about the victims? Did you know any names of victims or did you know anything about them before watching the Netflix show? And we will talk about the way the documentary has been put together because that's interesting Mm. too. 
Could you name any victims? No, I couldn't in that. And we'll get into that. But that left me lacking. And I started while I was watching this documentary, I was side watching, you know, Louis Thoreau and as many other things as I could, because I was craving to know people. And, And there are a few that I did get to know a little bit through some other programs, but no, I couldn't name a single one. Yeah. And, and I, as soon as I saw the indication that he was affiliated with 50 hospitals and children's organizations, it immediately leaped out at me that, that they are definitely protecting the identities of these victims, these uber vulnerable victims some of them incapable of even communicating or protecting themselves in any way. He's victimizing people who are paralyzed, people who are mentally disturbed and incapable of protecting themselves. And in one incredibly revealing scene, when he's actually got a mic in his hand and sticking in the face of this young lady in in bed, when she has drawn a picture of him, with fangs and blood dripping out of his mouth. And he says, why would you do that? And, and you know, she's basically saying, because he's evil. She said, because of everything. Yeah. Everything about you. Yeah. And it was a monster, wasn't it, that she drew? Right. Yes. And, and yet he uses that to his advantage as well. He calls them, what did he call them? You know, his crazy letters or his crazy people what did he call them yeah the letters you know from the crazies that he gave to his collection of police the nutters which we will come on to yeah i mean everything Everything. about this case right jim you know alarm bells alarm bells ring red flags and the fact that he chose schools while duncroft was a school for those who were troublesome in inverted commas troublesome girls and who would be believed difficult girls yeah who wouldn't be believed and the hospitals all the areas where you see the most vulnerable people and of course they're unlikely to be believed but some of them did make allegations about what went on mm-hmm. and you've got the problem here haven't you of a not being believed but b the fact that he chooses these target rich environments and he's the face of well he's a national treasure that's how he's seen as this big charity icon you know the man of the people giving so much and doing so much good what an incredible smokescreen for the things that were going on behind the scenes and i think one of the real problems has been with the case is that People who have come forward have been silenced and silenced in lots of different ways. Mm. But every time there was going to be an expose, it was put to bed. And we'll talk about that, too. And there are also those who just don't want to be part of a program talking about him that might show him and all his good stuff that he's done and in another way celebrate him all over again. And I think particularly people in, you know, for the victims and people in Leeds, the workers, all those involved in the case, people, whether they've just been saturated by it, whether they just feel they just can't go on camera, but you've kind of ended up with very few people willing to talk about the extent of what he did and personal testimony. And of course, we saw one victim in in the Netflix show. So before we go any further, I really want to dedicate this episode to all the victims, to everybody, every boy, every girl, every woman, every man who hasn't got their voice, who couldn't speak out for whatever reason, and who 
were too scared or it was too risky or whatever happened that you were silenced. I want you to know that we at Real Crime Profile see you and value you. And even though there's a Netflix show that may not center your narrative, um, what you've been through is just unbelievable because as a society, this man has been applauded with the highest honors at every level. I mean, he got an OBE, he got a CBE. So again, it silenced people and it groomed a nation every time he was applauded and lauded and given these honors. I can't imagine how that would feel for someone who's been victimized by him and them having to watch this man be celebrated over and over again. And then the cover up happened. So I really just want to dedicate it to the victims, but also kudos to the two journalists who broke the story, which was Liz McKean and Marion Jones. And what a formidable team that they tried to break the story in the BBC on Newsnight and there was a cover up and they vowed to the victims they would get this story out. And I can't imagine how that would feel for them too, having given their pledge that they would get this story out and it would happen. And then for the BBC to cover it up and to make them look like liars and deny that they, that they were ever investigating Jimmy Savile. It's utterly outrageous. So outrageous. there's so many layers to mm-hmm. this case and story. And I know Americans, well, you, some might feel, well, it's a British story. It's not relevant. But I can see Jim saying, absolutely not. It's highly relevant. And we must take an interest in other countries' cases because these things, people like Jimmy Savile are in all echelons of society, everywhere. Every so, country. Every and country, I all mean, over the world. Everything that you're saying that Savile received in the UK is 100% relatable to the victims of Michael Jackson who came forward. They were attacked. They were, they still every day are attacked and, and for so many reasons, which is why I totally understood when, when in this show, they didn't have a lot of victims come forward because they are talking about, like you said, a national treasure of the UK and to see this like state funeral for him and, and to see the, the the gaudiness of it and the gaudiness of, of how people just threw themselves at him. It is a, a slap in the face to the victims. And, and I hope that this documentary at least gets people talking about it so that the people who were victimized will feel at least some sense of, justice because they got none while he was alive but but is it justice though jim i mean you know i i do believe justice delayed is better than justice denied but i feel that there hasn't been any justice because there should of be the cover-ups official, that happened right? right there should be official condemnation of him and everything he did and there should be i mean i know i know they do this they did it in in the case of the the children of june you know there should be a commission that that does a full investigation and that actually somehow compensates and addresses and treats the victims of this asshole that that were subject to his abuse and victimization for many decades. And it's probably more than a thousand. I mean, that's where the estimates are currently. But if you imagine across his life course and he started young and he's accessing schools and he's accessing the hospitals. Goodness knows how many victims truly there are when he was so prolific. And I think we should talk also about his enjoyment 
of talking about it on national TV and in interviews right. because well, we kind of nudged in there already, didn't we? But maybe we'll get to that. But this guy was creepy as hell on camera and little children are being fed into him on right. Jim Will Fix It. And this was a huge show in the UK. Can you explain um, what a Jim Will Fix It is? Like what, what a special show and what a prime hunting ground it gave him. Exactly, think, Lisa. Think- and you know what? It was so wholesome. What should right. have been so wholesome was so rotten on the inside. And, and that is also part of how he manipulated people with these wholesome ideas that you really buy into. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of the guys, one of the puppeteers of the Muppets turned out he was molesting kids. And it's the same kind of thing. Only this guy, Savile, I mean, he was literally knighted by the queen. Yeah. Well, he got his OB in 1971. Wait, what is that? I don't, we don't, we don't know. I know, I think I know, was the commander of the British Empire, Empire, which is the highest. What's OBE? So he got knighted. So that made him the sir, which hasn't been taken away. I was going to ask you, does he still have that? It hasn't yeah, been so those titles still stand, the CBE and then the OBE is Order of the British Empire. These are awards that are seen as a big deal in the UK, being knighted by the Queen. And How are they not taken away? Well, that's something that, why I say that I feel it's not just about justice being delayed, it, it feels like it's been denied because he's still, yes, the grave stone was taken and it was smashed up and we talk about what was inscribed on it the it was good whilst it lasted which is always about having the final say and the final laugh but to your point lisa jim will fix it was about giving children their wishes that you know whatever your dream is whatever it might be i want to go and meet the prime minister i want to be the police woman who stands at number 10 with margaret thatcher And this show made it all doable. And admittedly, when I watched it as a kid, I wanted to have a dream come true. Of course, children do. And you're mesmerized by these little children being plucked from obscurity and they get given this incredible, what you think, incredible treatment. But of course, now we know that those little children sitting on his lap and so on, uh, not all of them had a great experience. In fact, it was the complete opposite. He ruined lives, but it was dressed up and packaged as something else. And the same with Top of the Pops. You could go into the studio and this was where you would hear your top 20 in terms of music. And all my teenage years, I watched it and most people did. But who is he attracting? He's attracting primarily young girls. So everything, when the rumors started to circulate, he could literally just squash down anything that was put to him. Well, of course, I attract young people, but it was his target-rich environment that he created in the form of TV shows and even had paedophiles on his show, which was the Click Clunk show, where you see Paul Gadd, who's known as Gary Glitter, who's now in prison Mm -hmm. for sexually assaulting a minor, And you hear them talking very clearly of, I've got all these young women lined up on beanbags for you. And you hear Jimmy Savile say, talking about a a woman, turn it round, talking about her, turn it round, turn it over here. I'll deal with it after. These sorts of things where you're hearing she is described as it, which tells you he's completely dehumanized. But these shows were meant to be wholesome and good family viewing and amazing things for children. And in fact, what was going on behind the scenes, even though the producer said he was shocked, he didn't know anything, which I find curious. I'm not casting dispersions, but how could you not 
have an even an inkling, even just by the way he's dressed and how he carries himself mm-hmm. and how he's in a, so inappropriate in so many situations. Right. And certainly after that one scene where on camera you can see this girl hopping away from him and him continuing to grope her. How is that possible that that in and of itself didn't completely shut that show Top of the Pops down? How is it? I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, just seen as probably just a bit of fun in inverted commas. I mean, you know, I can't talk to it other than when I saw it myself. I was just I'm like, we've just seen her be assaulted, it's probably sexually assaulted. He's, and, and he was accused of putting his hands down girls' shorts and, and down their knickers. And the fact, as you said, Jim, that he just carries on talking to camera unfazed and they just go to the next section afterwards. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that's what we also need to get into, don't we, Jim and Lisa? The fact that this is so brazen and in plain sight. Right. But I think what they did do was tease that up perfectly with a woman who said, I've never seen anyone do that much good. And this is the problem. This is what I have been trying to fight for decades and what Ken Lanning has been trying to fight for decades before I have. And that is the impression that child sex offenders are stranger danger. They're monster predators. They're the creepy guy lurking in the park. Well, Jim Savile was a creepy guy, but he was in everybody's living rooms. He was in all of the, you know, the palace and all of the the highest places in, in the UK. And he was allowed access to kids because nobody saw him as a monster predator. We have to stop using that language to describe these offenders because what it does is it prevents us from seeing the offenders right in front of our faces who were smiling in our faces and getting access to our kids. 
We have to understand that people are multidimensional, that you can actually be a, quote, good person, do good things and still have a sexual attraction to children. That's what we have here. We have a guy who is probably way high on the psychopathy checklist, who doesn't give a damn about other human beings, but who has a sexual attraction to children. And he was able to manipulate his way into the hearts and minds of an entire country, an entire realm, so that he could get access to kids and other vulnerable people. Well, he does it on camera, but I mean, people like Louis Theroux, you referenced his show, Lisa, that went out in 2000, and he spent quite a bit of time with Jimmy Savile, and, and now it's his one of his biggest regrets. Mm-hmm. How did he not spot this? I mean, just a couple of the things that Jimmy Savile confided in him about was one that he called his bed the altar, two that he said that he had the shrine to his mother still. And of course, on camera, we hear him talk about his mother and that he spent five days with her dead body. And I want to come back to that point. But he also said he didn't own an oven for fear of attracting women. I mean, not just hugely sexist and misogynistic and just ridiculous, but all the things that were said to Louis Theroux, did he not think anything was just mildly obscure and bonkers to follow up on. And he did put it to him about the girls and did he have a preference for young girls? And I'm not going to call them underage girls because girls implies girls. We're talking minors, but we're also talking about older girls too. And he didn't probe him. And I think that's also one of the key issues here is the lack of probing and the lack of, certainly for Jimmy Savile, when any any time a question was put to him, he always distracted, he always deflected. You know, the amount of times, as we saw on the docu, he'd say things like, my court case starts on Thursday. Right. And no one thought that was odd that he was saying things like that. And what would you do in a caravan? I'll do whatever I could get my hands on. Whoever and I laughing could get and my hands joking on. about these things. Right. Or if you could do anything now at 65, what would you do? Uh, be a caretaker in a in a girls' school. Right. Why wasn't yeah. that well, on it, people's radar? See, just a question. But you see some of the, well, there was one woman who said, stop diverting and answer the question. You know, she tried to get him to stick to it, but he kept doing these quippy, ridiculous remarks. And then there's a couple of other instances where the journalist is like, what? You, you're just going to say that and, and people are going to laugh it off? Come on, give me a break. That was Ian Hislop who did say that he was very creepy. And that's when all the rumors were. I mean, I heard the rumors. I wasn't in right. the BBC, right. but most people knew that there was something going on. So, yes, Jim, a couple of people did challenge him further, but not enough. And, no, and I think that no. patter that we kept hearing from him, the now then, now then, you know, and as we know with psychopaths, they mirror and mimic who they have in front of them. But that was always his deflection, his distraction, or asking somebody else about them. And we didn't see that in the Netflix show, but that was also one of his tactics, that he wouldn't ever disclose anything about himself. He would keep that very private. And he would then, if you were asking him questions, he would ask you questions all about you so that he didn't have to answer anything. But Louis Theroux, you know, I think is an experienced interviewer. I think he tends to have a good radar around people. So, you know, there were those opportunities, the same with Lynn Barber, for people to really probe and pick things up. But to say that a lot of it was rumour and conjecture, I think it was really only Marion Jones, who was the one who was really actively pursuing what else exists that could corroborate 
that might be unfair to Lynn Barber, but she tends to do the more celebrity interviews. But it was Marion and then Liz McKean who were the ones picking up on Friends Reunited, looking at what girls and women were saying to each other about Jimmy Savile. But of course, a lot of that was after he had died and, and so much damage had been done to so many right. by that point. But one of the things he was described as very intuitive. He understood everyone. And that's why he kind of wormed his way into Margaret Thatcher and into Prince Charles's circle. And people are asking him at Important advice. people are asking him his, his advice, but I believe that his hair was a gimmick. His track suits were a gimmick. Him taking off his shirt was a gimmick, but it's also creepily getting closer and closer to where he is actually inadvertently bleeding out information about what he's really about, who he really is, what he's really trying to do. And, you know, this kind of incredibly obnoxious attempts to get people to sort of laugh at what in fact was happening. What that does is it helps get this sort of tacit approval and it makes him feel better about himself. And I do think one of the themes that that's throughout this series is about him and his religiosity and so forth and how important it was. Well, that's got to be bullshit because there he is sitting in the back room while Catholic church services are going on and he's sexually assaulting a young girl who's about to walk out to the church to, you know, bring gifts or whatever it is that, that her little role was. And if he really was religious, the last thing he would want to do is to do something in quote, the house of the Lord, but he just used it as another access point. He is just as bad or worse. He's worse because, yes, I would say he's worse than the priests who are molesting kids because not only is he doing it in church, but he's doing it in hospitals and children's homes. And and he's hobnobbing with all the great people, just taking all this celebrity in and not for a second really caring about the people that he's supposedly raising money for to help. That yeah. is all part of his smokescreen. It's the all the grooming, grooming of the community. And again, another very direct connection to somebody like Michael Jackson, who groomed the entire world as his community. He would not make appearances unless they labeled him as the king of pop. He had to have that top status so that nobody would ever question him. And they would also give him access. Yes. I'm sure he helped thousands and thousands, maybe millions of kids all over the world. But he also did it for a reason. And just like Jimmy Savile, he did it because he was sexually attracted to kids, to boys in particular. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. 
And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. Samantha Brown is the victim that you mentioned, Jim, uh, the little girl who was in church. And this was the Stoke Mandeville Chapel. So she's back there getting the plates for tithing for for contributions. And he's there and he molests her over and over and over again. And she'd already been sexually molested by her grandfather from the age of two onward. And so to her, she's like, this is how men are. Right. This is what I deserve. This is. And then she kept saying, why can't you see me to the rest of the congregation? Why can't you see right. that it he's was, doing this? To, how could you not know? It was gut-wrenching listening to her and to what she was trying to do, wearing several pairs of underwear, trying to, you know, prevent things from going in her. It's really it's 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 horrific that this girl had to suffer over and over and over again for all this period of time. And what did he do? He knew, he knew what he was causing in this girl. He knew what he was doing to her and what he had done to literally hundreds, if not more than a thousand other victims. And yet he just happily went on and did it. And there is no question in my mind that this is the kind of thing that a psychopath does. Somebody who literally cares nothing about another human person, only about themselves. And there is so much in his behavior that speaks of him just going through the roof on the psychopathy checklist. But I will say that the victims that that did come forward and talk and God bless them. I mean, the what they I'm sure had to put up with in order to even get to this point. But they they all had a very it's it's kind of amazing how subdued they were and how their you know their personalities seemed to be crushed i didn't know if that was just part of sort of the british way or this is just this is an effect that and lasting effect that them having suffered at his hands has had on their lives I could still see the trauma hugely. And I think that secondary victimization, Jim and Lisa, the fact that it's not just you experience it, it's that you then see that perpetrator on national TV Mm. in every facet of life, from, from doing marathons, having reporters, you know, filming him do those marathons and Jim will fix it and top of the pops and Prince Charles talking to him. 
all these people that are lauding him. And, you know, that's why that statement, why can't you see me? Why can't you see who he really is and what he's doing? And the picture of the monster, just utterly heartbreaking. And, and that's what trauma does. And that's what, you know, complex trauma, when it's repeated and when it resides in the body and when you have no outlet for it and you don't have trauma-informed support, I think he just ruins so many lives. And it, it's just so much harder when that person is a celebrity or, you know, deemed to be a national treasure. And by the way, he likened himself to the Pope. So when we're thinking about grandiose sense of self-worth, I mean, he did talk about him and the Pope as if, you know, they have they share a lot in common. But the British people did treat him like that. That scene where you saw Martin Young, the reporter who's interviewing him when he's running and capturing, you know, why do you do these marathons and why do you sort of punish yourself whilst you're running and trying to get to the heart of it, you know, and saying that people would just turn out to see him at the marathon and really would treat him like royalty. But going back to that comment of, you know, why do you run like this? Why do you punish yourself? And then that's when he talked about himself being the villain. You know, you punish yourself. Well, he said, no, not at all. The only time you punish yourself is when you are with young ladies. Then you punish yourself as you are such a villain and you should be kind to them and you're not kind to them and you squeeze them and you make them say ouch and things like that. That comment that's just out the blue, is it leakage or is it intentional? Because you could say, you know, in the earlier days, maybe it was leakage, maybe it's him trying things out, but he just seemed to get bolder and bolder and seemed right. to enjoy it and really enjoy that power and control by saying this and having people laughing along with him. And I think some of the things that jumped out at me wasn't just his words, but it's when he got women's faces and he put his hand on their face and really shoved them. Those even, little acts, microaggression, there was a and scene. licking a girl's hand. Right. You know, there, those things are disgusting. Everything about him was just disgusting. There was a scene in which he was in the hospital and it looked like that Lady Di was there and she was over somewhere else and he was like indicating come here with an angry face and then he just walked over and literally dragged her over to the patient like by the arm and like shoved her. And I was like, what the fuck? How yeah. does he get away with that? And Lady Di, he could treat that way? Oh my God. And you know, the royalty is supposed to be untouchable and he's shoving her around like, like she's some assistant of his. That stuck but, with me, the lady die, because she's so known for her charity and her love and her caring. And so when he puts himself over and over in her orbit, because she would come many times, not just that one time that we saw with the prince, but you know, many times. I mean, <laughs> there's no better endorsement than her, you know, right. than know. her. And then the queen follows suit. But you mentioned it before where he said, put it down, turn it around. Talking about a woman so he could look at her ass. And then he said, well, you know, a runner needs motivation, right? Why do we allow that? This is very akin to, you know, the conversation that took place between Trump and Billy Bush, objectifying women, talking crass, but he's doing it unlike Trump and Billy Bush. He's doing it deliberately in front of the cameras. He's telling the cameras that. And yet it's OK. Well, he's a little different. He's a little weird, but whatever. And then he, grabbing the teacher and says, give me the kiss, teach and kissing women and young ladies on on the mouth. 
it's red flag after red flag after red flag. And then him saying all the boyfriends and fathers, when they stay in a place overnight, they have to leave early the next morning because all the boyfriends and fathers and brothers with shotguns come looking. Why? Why? What have you done? That's that's just horrific. I did particularly hate the fact that this Duncroft approved school allowed him to take girls off of campus, 13-year-old girls. Uh, it was described as three 13-year-old girls in the backseat of his car. And then it's revealed that he's having sex with these girls off campus in his car or in a van. And when he's asked about it, his caravan, which we would call like a, a camper, he said, you know, he'll do anyone he can get his hands on there. It's just so incredibly graphically arrogant and misogynistic and creepy. And yet he was still allowed to get a knighthood and he was still given the ultimate approval by the royal family. We have a lot more to get to in our next episode. I did want to say that there was a CNN London interview with Kevin Cook, who was nine years old when he was on Jim will fix it. And Jimmy Savile lured him into the dressing room with the promise of one of those badges. And he said, you, you want to earn your badge? And I'm not going to say what happened next, but he was sexually assaulted by Jimmy Savile. And he said, don't tell anybody. I'm King Jimmy. No one will believe you. And can you imagine, Laura? Kevin Cook then had to watch that television show when it came on with his parents. And they were so excited, you know, and all he could think about was the abuse that he suffered and watching his own face staring back at him from that television show. I mean, it's just so horrific. It, it really is. And just to underline the power of that badge, kids really wanted that Jim will fix it badge and to take part in that show. So other, anyone who's listening might think, oh, well, it's just a Jim will fix it badge. It doesn't really mean anything. But the context at the time, it really did. His shows were the ones we grew up watching and every child, well, most of them wanted to go on that show and have your dream, your wish come true. And what should have been wholesome and a wonderful thing to gift children with just is something that actually now symbolizes to so many the lives that were ruined and perhaps things could have turned out very differently. And that was all down to one man and the people around him that enabled him to abuse so many. So what a terrible, terrible case. For now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out. Real Crime Profile was created by Jim Clementi, Laura Richards, and Lisa Zambetti. Produced by Laura Richards, Lisa Zambetti, Jim Clementi, and XG Productions. And distributed by Wondery. Editing by Nick Jaworski at Podcast Monster. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Music composed and performed by Simba Tsumba. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com. Slash survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. 
You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.